Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of... Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics, with Fad Picking the Movie. I had a tune, and then I didn't. Yeah. All right, I'll t- yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. No, it's good. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Thad. Yeah, I already said that. And my lovely co-host, Kara. I got another lovely I'm a good person today. Wait, did you actually say your own name, Jeremiah? Oh, my name's Jeremiah, and I am debonair and handsome. <gasps> you okay, there we are! Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, yeah, well, this is this is what our, our second or third try on this one, so we have a, a punchy mood going. But yes, today... We're talking about movies that I picked because we don't talk enough about Japanese low-budget sci-fi in the 90s, and I felt that was an important gap to We fill. don't. We actually even don't. <laughs> Especially when they're uh, doing some so reading. To... Like, they had this shockingly amount in, uh, in common with the MCU, or at, least, at the very least, the way uh, oh, comic yeah. book movies are made nowadays. Oh, yeah. I have a, I have a, I have a strong opinion about Hakaider specifically. But yes, the two movies that we're talking about today... Our uh, 1991 uh, Zeramu, uh, or Zeram uh, in, in English, which I originally saw like a dubbed version on HBO sometime in the distant past and had never forgotten it. Back in the day. Uh, and also, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, when, you're, when your parents have cable and you're bored and can't sleep. See, you got uh, HBO. <laughs> I had the, the fuzzy channels. Hey, that's that's an American it tradition. It was. I saw. We're trying to trying to make sense of scrambled <laughs> signal. Uh, and the other movie being 1995's. Uh, in Japanese, it's called Jinzo Ningen Hakaida, which just means Android Hakaida. But in English, it is for some reason called Mechanical Violator Hakaida, which sounds way worse. Sounds at the very least a different type of movie than what we get. Yeah, it sounds like I, su- I should have seen it on Skid- uh, Skidamax. Right, well, like it's, I said, uh... like, it, it feels like a hentai. Like, it just feels like something that I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say what I said I'm before, sorry, my... which is it feels like when you go into the X-rated part of the blockbuster, deep cut there, and uh, you point out the weird titles to your friends, but you don't touch them because you're not really sure who else has touched it <laughs> and what might be on it. Yeah. My my, this totally isn't porn shirt is raising a bunch of questions that are answered by the shirt. <laughs> so uh, anyway, these are both directed by uh, a uh, a director slash designer uh, creature designer for a lot of other movies that he didn't direct. Uh, Keita Amemiya, who uh, I is he still making movie? I the the problem is when you look at when you when you go to, to Keita Amemiya's Wikipedia page, uh, which shows a lot of stuff that he's done, it's not in chronological no, order, why so would I immediately it be? lose my mind. <laughs> that would be, that would be helpful. But, uh, he's, he's, and since when has the internet ever yeah, decided exactly. to be helpful? <laughs> yeah, he's worked on a lot of uh, common writer shows as well, uh, at least one uh, uh, of the Super Sentai shows, uh, Chojin Sentai Jetman, which uh, was a show run by the same person who wrote Hakaider. Uh, so I think that's how those two guys met. But we'll, we will get around to that. Um, but I figure chronologically is the best way to approach. So we will start with uh, 1991, Zayram, uh, which is written in a really weird stylized way, but that's fine. It is fine. Uh, hey, Kara, wh- wh- you, you like to summarize my things. My God. What, my God. What happens What happens in Zayram? It's inexplicable. <laughs> um, which is kind of what I love about it. 
Actually, to be mm -hmm. honest, Zeram is not inexplicable. It is surprisingly no, straightforward. No, it's very simple. Uh, Hakaider is not inexplicable, but it's much weirder in content. <laughs> um, Zeram is, is, is pretty direct, and it's sort of confusing in its directness because um, it doesn't really tell you what's happening. Uh, no. <laughs> so there's this uh, space alien, it's sort of suggested, space alien interdimensional creature named Zeram, which looks like a cross between like a Ninja Turtle costume and like a Muppet. Yeah. And scary. Yeah, but like if you're having a nightmare yeah, like about it. Yeah, it's scary. Like it's a scary Muppet costume. Right. Uh, there's a moment that Zeram... happens later on in that movie that freaked me the hell out. Oh, Jesus, right? Yeah. So Zerum is like a giant sinister figure who wears a giant hat with a tiny face on it. Mm, that comes back. <laughs> and it walks very slowly <laughs> and apparently is some sort of homicidal maniac. And these mm. two uh, bounty hunters, uh, Ira who is, it looks like a normal Japanese human woman, and Bob, who is her computer, come to Earth to catch it, find it, um, kill it, and take it back. Um, but unfortunately, they run into idiots, who are Kamiya and hmm. Tepe. And these are just two dumbass, like, electricians. Yep. And, I love uh, them so much. <laughs> They're so dumb. <laughs> Through a series of hijinks, these two cheerfully dumb idiots accidentally stumble across uh, Ira, uh, Ira's plan to kidnap or to capture Zerum by moving him into like a, a sort of sub-dimensional zone that's unpopulated. And she manages to snap the zone around Zerum so she can hunt him down, capture him, and bring him back. But then these two electrician idiots bumble into the whole thing. And through a series of confluence events and things being broken and things being fixed, uh, the two idiots are accidentally left alone in the zone with the monster and the bounty hunter back on Earth trying frantically to get back through a teleporter to save them. Uh, it turns out that it births, question mark, things, question mark, that run around <laughs> I, I would like bidding. to just, uh, Yeah, I, would, I describe them, uh, my official term is Cronenberg Pokemon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the face... <laughs> The, the tiny head face that's on its hat um, laughs and sometimes shoots out and bites people. and On a long tentacle. It's like yeah. a long tentacle and like a, like a, like a very wet puppet. Something um, I expected to see in Mechanical Violator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so uh, through a series of hijinks and confluences... Uh, Kamiya and Tepe manage to keep the creature at bay um, until finally Ira can come back, help them fight it. They help her catch her weapon. Uh, at one point, we worry that uh, Kamiya is dead, but then he shows up again. It, there's a lot of humor, like very broad Japanese physical humor mixed in with like weird mm. horror. And like the w everything about the way Zira moves and walks is very much like um, uh, a yokai or an oni like like the a big majestic monster from like japanese myth because it just very slowly walks right. i don't really know what its goals or thoughts are it just appears to walk ominously which you know what kill it right like it's one <laughs> of the things was very simple in the fact that like there's a monster we know it's bad because they say it's bad i have no idea yeah. why we know it's bad because of we know it's bad because of the evil chanting yeah. that uh, <laughs> no. takes over the soundtrack whenever he's present. Uh, 
to be fair, once the tiny creepy face jumps out of its head with its tentacle and takes a bite out of people, you're like, okay. Right. No, I'm on board. Kill it. Well, at the same uh, time, in the, in the creature's defense, it's also being attacked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we do open the movie with a very stylish Zayram just killing right. a bunch of dudes in, like, black and white with splatter of blood <laughs> everywhere, which is not dissimilar to how Hakaider opens, actually. <laughs> but maybe it's just a thing with this guy. And it has in your standard of, like, oh, she can't get back. They have to break the rules. Bob, refuse, Bob, the sentient computer, refuses to break the rules. But she tells him that sometimes some things matter more than the rules, and you got to break them. And then she gets transported back, and they all get transported out, and then the zone is breaking down, so she might die, but she stands there brilliantly holding her gun, because she actually uh, does some ass-beating in this. She uh, does most and, of the ass-beating. Iria is the only competent person. (laughs) The the thing is, is she is highly, highly competent. It's just that Tepe and uh, Kamiya are so incredibly incompetent that they manage to override her with their powers combined. Um, Yeah, so anyway, at the very last minute, they manage to suck all of them back to Earth into a horrific battle. Uh, They all barely manage to survive. They kill the... Zerum turns into a giant tentacle, horrifying, bleeding squid monster, monstrosity, mm-hmm. Cronenberg thing. And then uh, Bob takes a, a Polaroid of all of them, and everything's okay. Yeah. I will say, I was incredibly, like, it's a movie that is about what it's about. Like, there's no subtext. And we lost him. I'm right here. You oh, puzzled out. All you said, all I heard was, it's a moo. Did you guys drop out? No, just you. Oh, no. Can you not hear us? Uh-oh. Because my, my thing is still solid. Oh, I, I, can you yeah, hear us? I can us? hear you. Oh, okay. Well, we're fine then. You you just dropped out for like a second. Um. Anyway, you were saying. Um, I was saying, like, these characters, like, the movie is about what it's about. Like, mm-hmm. there's no subtext. No. Monster movie. Right. Let's go. Uh, okay, this is a movie that Thaddeus, and I'm so sorry to interrupt, repeatedly said throughout the film, I know writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're 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 thinking of Hakaider, because Hakaider is one that has no subtext in a very different yeah. way. We, we said oh. both of these things several times. <laughs> the... I guess that's true. But, like, this movie has no subtext, not in the traditional way, in, but just in that... It's not trying to communicate a message. It's trying to have a fun monster. Right. But, like, it's interesting that the electricians actually, like, the knowledge of being electricians comes into play. And the fact that it's it's the older dumbass one, that is the one who is, like, called to do it. Yeah. Yeah, because Kamiya is sort of the, uh, he's set up as the guy who's who's kind of the most buffoonish of the two right. of them. Because you have Tepe, who's who's the new guy, and, and Kamiya, who's sort of like, uh, kind of a, a lech and a doofus. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, like, I appreciated, like, the what, like, because I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, the movie kind of feels like a 90s Doctor Who episode. Oh, sure, it's like a late 80s. Yeah, I can like, see that. like it has that sort of low budget tactile feel to it. Mm-hmm. It has a very low budget tactile feel where, like, 
it's hard to explain, but like the camera, and this happens in the other one too. The camera is brought in very close. Yeah to the scene but kept distant from the people so you get a feeling of a crowd in a very small space and it's just a smart way of, of doing things so stuff works Hiroshi Kirekoro is uh, the DP but like he does a very good job mm. him and uh, what's the director's name uh, uh, Amamiya do a very good job of like making the sparse sets like making this world feel lived in Without going through a lot of, like, extensive sets, but making the set... Like, the sets are bare, but they, like, they add to the world. Yeah. It's it's one of those that I... I think this, this type of filmmaking is something that I really appreciate, which is like, okay, we have very limited, like, places to shoot, so we're just gonna squeeze every drop of utility out of the, the spaces we have access to. This is the kind of movie that if somebody was like, oh, I would like to make movies someday, I'm like, this is what you should watch. Right. Because it's not that it's bad or that, like, it's cheesy or anything like that. But if you're looking like you're, I can you can see the seams of how a movie is made intelligently with little resources, but putting things where they really matter, like. Whoever the wet puppet guy was, every dollar that they saved on like paint, they put they poured all of that into just the most horrific alien monstrosities <laughs> that they could come up with. Like the thing. It's a it's like supposed to be a kids movie, I think, and like it's like a nah, thing no eating dog level monster at the end. Well, once the that tentacle comes out and rips at the guy's arm. I was squirming. And, and then... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's real gross. <laughs> like, I'm like, the, like... You know, this movie had, didn't set up this. Like, I didn't get this vibe, but... It, fuck! <laughs> uh, yeah, because it does, yeah. like... It opens with a very, like, all-ages... Well, actually, the, the, the cold open doesn't. The cold open is just violence and Zayram killing it a bunch is, of people. It is, but so it's done in a very series. sort of restrained way. Whereas mm. the tentacle thing almost feels visceral. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, like, the, the, you can, like, it's not the thing where, like, you see it dart forward and he slaps his hand over the spot. Like, there's, there's, a, there's a spot where you can see the huge chunk that was taken out of his skin and flesh <laughs> as his friend bands <laughs> yeah, him. And he's so just, gross. like, screaming, like, what the fuck? Also, uh, while that was the scene that definitely gave me that creepy crawly feeling in my spine... Uh, the scene that had me uh, running for the hills was definitely the one where he ate what may or may not be Ira's the lunch, oh. which is a giant yeah. cockroach, and oh. and we never we never get an we answer. never get an answer. We never find out if what he we never find out if what he ate was food or not. Well, again, this is also why I was like, and this is why Thad loves Buckaroo Banzai. And in terms of like, oh, they yeah. don't explain everything. <laughs> you just either and you. Ex they don't explain. It. They don't explain anything. They don't explain a single goddamn thing. I fucking love it. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's great because like you hear like Iria and Bob argue about like space laws that they're breaking in how they're trying to catch Zayram, and none of it's ever contextualized. They just have this conversation, and then we move forward. <laughs> I love it. There's a confidence to it that I respect, and I, I actually I hadn't really thought about Buckaroo Banzai in juxtaposition with this, but yeah, no, that's a that's a great parallel. Well, yeah, like there's a sort of heedlessness to everything. No, they don't stop to explain. It's like, you're either in it, or you're not. We're not here for the people who aren't here. <laughs> I, I do respect a movie that just goes right into it and doesn't have, like, 
that incredibly obnoxious 20-minute lead-in time of like, ooh, I can't believe this is happening. I got to pretend to be shocked. Am I dream? I, I hate that. I hate right. that in movies. Yeah. And I am very happy that they're like, no, no, we're just we're just gonna go. You're either in it or you're not. And if you're not, it's too late for you. I'm sorry. You're gonna you're gonna die a nerd. <laughs> um. But I mean, we also I I mean, I guess we've we've described this as low budget, which honestly, I have no idea what the budget for this movie is. It's not listed as far as I can find because uh, it's from Japan, and most of m- most Western sources don't care for that level of granular detail for stuff that happens elsewhere. Yeah. But but like. Because we've talked a lot about like there's the 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 suit and the the weird head tentacle, but also in the, the after they destroy Zaram a couple of times, there's like stop motion work. There's you know, the 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 weird horrible tentacle puppet that's like the last form, but like the the sort of mid form also is just some really good stop motion monster. Well, yeah, the work. creature yeah. effect work. It's like I had a lot of like John Carpenter vibes too in terms of mm-hmm. like mm. just the amount of like it never looks so cheesy in which i'm like i don't believe it and i think in like i harken back to the old doctor who was like yeah i i get it it's a special effect but i still love it um you were saying this is what what genre is this tokatu tokusatsu is the uh the word uh specifically generally it just means special effects um like if you translate it literally but it's it's most often associated with either uh, you know giant monster or kaiju type movies, or more often with your sort of transforming hero like things in the the sort of Super Sentai or uh, or Common Rider things of, things of that. Are nature. you gonna make me say it? Are but, you gonna make uh, me tell? Are you are you gonna make me say it? Power Rangers. What, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. I I forgot that we hadn't already said that. Uh, but yeah, like uh, like Super Sentai being what Power Rangers uh, is was made out of. Um, well, yeah. also, yeah, like, like literally the 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 scenes with the monsters and the rangers and stuff was taken from a different show, and then they cut around it and filmed around it with um, American actors, which is something to make a different America show. And it's doing the Japanese work. <laughs> yeah, I mean that it, it printed money for yeah. a while, and it and always they're, they're prints money. That's Power the rangers. weird thing. <laughs> Rest in peace to Tommy. Yeah, it's oh yeah, it is shockingly recent that like Power uh, the Super Sentai like the original Japanese versions got releases in in, in like English speaking countries yeah. <laughs> because like they just you know do the Power Ranger thing whatever but it's it's nice you can watch the 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 Japanese versions and they are I would actually really recommend it especially if you remember anything about Power Rangers really? as a kid because. Yeah, the the first season, like the the season that uh, Power Rangers is based on, is uh, so different. It is unimaginably a different <laughs> show. It's it's fascinating. I really recommend I it just as an exercise. In because, like, so I'm reading yeah. the biography in Ashiro Honda, and mm-hmm. as the Godzilla movies go along, they are a forcing human characteristics on the monsters, which he doesn't like. But also, mm. Japanese television in the 60s and 70s is really taking off. And you have yep. shows like Ultraman and stuff like that. And they're getting really violent. Mm-hmm. And while the movies are being geared towards kids, the Toho Studios is really pushing for the monsters to be more violent. To the point where even mm-hmm. Honda and Tsuburaya, the special effects, are like, no. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> So you telling me that <laughs> yeah, it's, like it, it, it was a, night and day lines up because it does yeah it is a bizarre thing in which television was aimed at kids but also wildly violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, like like you were talking about Ultraman. Like the the first season of that was a different show entirely called uh, Ultra yeah. Q. That was just a, a series mm-hmm. about like different giant monsters mostly. Um, Anything with but, Q uh, is ruined yeah. forever. <laughs> this is yeah, fair. A bit. This is fair. <laughs> America once again destroys a letter. But yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think that. Uh, like the thing about Zayram, like it, it and uh, the the thing that stuck in my head the hardest until I found it again years later was the the creepy face and the head tentacle thing because that that just like that that's a thing that no one expects and I'm sorry if you haven't seen this movie and it will now no longer surprise you. No, it'll still surprise the shit out of you. It doesn't matter if you know it's, it's coming. Ex- it, it it you. It's still extremely creepy. You, you should wear your brown pants for this one, which is weird. <laughs> again, it's a it's like everything about the the way it's set up is like screams to me like kids movie, but like I don't know. No, I would argue, I would argue part of the reason why is a little bit of the trajectory that Jeremiah is talking about, like that tension between like what the original Toku movies were doing versus what TV was doing through like the seventies and onward, but also that like so much of the aesthetics of this are things that we grew up as as kids TV, like the, right. the Power Rangers stuff that we got like filtered through America and things like that. And also there's a certain kind of, especially for for, for like a lot of Japanese sci-fi, it has a, a, a more like, it, it's not as interested in, in doing the, the sort of mimesis, like let's make this seem like gritty and realistic. Like they, they seem much more comfortable in a way that I appreciate with being a little arch with their characters in a way that, we often only associate with with like, well, like kids media it's here. It's clearly aimed at kids, but it's not condescending to kids. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. I it. I don't know. I I, I I kind of disagree about it feeling like it's aimed for kids, but that may just be me. I think it, it's, it's there is an anime with... that that is is adapted from this okay. later though. There, there's something about the genre of it that is what we would expect children to watch but like it it you know what? it reminds me of again because this is a late 80s movie it's 91, 91. it kind of reminds yeah. me of the line that like the power not the power rangers the ninja turtles walk yes where you're like is this a movie for children or not there we yeah and the movie okay. the robocop yeah, and ghostbusters oh. completely leap over because those are not movies for children and yet we think they are well, because i saw robocop yeah. when i was like I... six years old yeah, I had a RoboCop action figure. Like, <laughs> not because they made a cartoon out of RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, like, like I don't know why or who decided. I think that says a lot about like why millennials are the way we are. That our parents were like, "Yeah, fuck it, go watch RoboCop in theaters." Like, <laughs> well, have a good time. This is definitely for children and not at all like fascist Jesus. <laughs> Yukio Moyama is actually really fucking fantastic. As I, uh, Ilya. Yeah, oh, yeah. as a stone cold badass. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's the best like character in the movie, just generally, because she is sort of surrounded by dipshits intentionally. Like the uh, to be clear, the other actors do a fine job of being kind of slapstick right. goofballs. Yeah. but like she, like her way of driving the plot forward is is that she's someone who like no, I'm gonna do this as violently and quickly as possible. Which causes various problems, and you just she just sells it. It's so good. Well, I also like the outfit. Yeah, she has a transforming yeah. outfit because it, it, it's not 
this genre without a cool transforming ninja Power Ranger outfit. Well, because mm-hmm. the first she has a really cool yeah, Clint Eastwood type, a uh, few dollars more poncho. Yeah, I love a yeah. poncho. Yes. And then at the end, it's like, oh, I have like that's actually a pretty sensible outfit for this genre. <laughs> yeah. She looks like Tifa. Uh, she's not. She's not like stripped down to underwear in in a, a. I mean, she she does lose the armor at a certain point, and the other characters do comment on it in sort of an well, odd way. But like, she's fully clothed the entire right, time. That, which and is, also, like, the know. comment is, "You're a fine-looking woman," and she's like, yeah. "Thank you." Because what does that mean to her? She's not human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the 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 characters never really get less awkward toward each other. It's uh, <laughs> I find it charming. I do. I loved it too. So it's like they 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 are they become a team, but like it's not a well oiled functioning team. No, it is a barely survived this ordeal team. It it is a team of one competent but kind of over arrogant woman like just a little bit like overestimates her abilities or doesn't think things through all the way trying desperately to lead what can only be described as a clown car because they (laughs) do wear like weird pastel uniforms and drive a tiny tiny car yeah i I actually love the fact that their job they even they even complain about the uniforms their job makes them wear like it's because we spend a little time just like following these guys around their their like boring electrician job as the movie starts to set things up in the first act, and it's just I don't know. There's something about it that I find very charming. Uh. <laughs> well, um, we brought it up like it's '91, so it's the end of the '80s and the beginning of the '90s, and the colors of the mm-hmm. uniform have this oh, yeah. weird '90s fluorescent style, but in the '80s style mm-hmm. like aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 an unholy monstrosity. I think it's also interesting to see just like Japan from its own perspective in this period because this is in that sort of era like late ni- late 80s early 90s where where there's still a little bit of that like fear that Japan's going to take over everything that we see in Die Hard and like Cyberpunk and things oh, like yeah. that. Whereas, like, people just living, like, a normal life in Japan are just like, my boss makes me wear this stupid uniform, and I want to get done with this early, but my coworkers being annoyed. Like, it's just, right. you know, pe- people looking at themselves and seeing regular people. Well, and it's I nice. even put in like, my little Twitter review of, like, oh, yeah, it really was 1991 everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it's like, it's a thing that sometimes, like, it's very easy to look at foreign movies outside of the context of, like, the time they're being made. Because they almost mm-hmm. have, like, a timelessness to them, especially older ones. But, yeah. oh, yeah, in the 80s and 90s, there really is that weird sort of, like... It's not the Cold War, but it's this sort of, like, Japan is a merciless capitalist country. <laughs> uh, yeah. what, what is it? That Sean Connery, Wesley like Snipes I... movie, Rising Sun? Oh god! Oh, see, I always think of the uh, yes. the comedy movie starring uh, Michael. Oh Keaton yeah, that and, like a, a Japanese car company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we have a we, Japan and America have a weird relationship. Uh, uh, yeah, historically, you know, to say the least. <laughs> Mil- militarily, you know, emotionally, uh, yeah, boat boatily, boat wise, navally. Yeah, there you go. Um, which brings <laughs> we us. We got to... there eventually. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> the the so, hardcore mechanical violator, Hakaida. Yeah. Uh, just, just Android Hakaida. Uh, I don't know why they call it. That makes more sense. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Less fun. It's weird. It's a better title. It's such a... <laughs> okay, here's, here's the best theory that I have. So, 1995, mechanical violator. <laughs> the best way that I can contextualize this movie is, like, it stands up perfectly on its own. But it is actually something else. Like, it's a standalone movie, and th- there's nothing I would argue... Like, Jeremiah, you've not seen this before. It works as a standalone movie to you, yeah. right? This is actually, like, a, a far future sequel, spin-off, reimagining, question mark? Um, alternative uh, of, universe? Yeah, alternate <laughs> universe, whatever you want to think of it as, from uh, a series from the 70s uh, called Android Kikai. Okay. Uh, Hakaider was was one of the villains, and some people argue that like uh, it's it's a, a show slash manga that was created by Shotaro Ishinomori, who is like the dude for your your transforming hero stuff. He created Common Rider, Super Sentai, which became Power Rangers, Kikaider, Cyborg Zero Zero Nine, uh, a bunch of things that if you know anything about this kind of nerd stuff, you've heard of. Um, and this is kind of the like the Logan of that. Like this is this is why I liked the MCU comparison because this is just like no, let's just do a dark future story that like takes these characters and just does something else well, with them. I'm not surprised that it's based off an anime or a manga because the fascist dictator guy. I was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you look familiar. <laughs> And to be clear, the only characters that are really connected to the original series are uh, Hakaider himself and uh, not the evil leader, strangely, who is, is not at all the same. Well, as no, the but like just the, that style the... of bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I 100% get you. It's very like Final Fantasy <laughs> villain-esque. Um, but also Mikhail, who is the his sort of robot servant, is is sort of a reimagining of like the hero of the hero Kikaider of like, okay, what if this robot for justice worked for someone with a completely deranged sense of uh, oh, justice, but anyway, well, I... we're getting ahead of ourselves. We should, we should probably ask someone to, to explain what, what goes on in Before this. That, movie. I will say, Are you ready? Hold on. Oh, I will yeah, say it does make sense. That's just like an extended all AU because I can see that. Like, it does feel like it's a continuation mm. of something, but that's, mm. I couldn't tell if that was because, like, how they wanted to do the movie, like Zayvon, or if it was yeah, really yeah, a yeah. continuation, but it didn't matter because I didn't need to know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like, it doesn't, it, it re- like, it really doesn't connect. I, I sort of misspoke. It's more of just, like, taking these, the, the two, the protagonist, in, uh, antagonist, and, and flipping them and putting them in a okay. different place. Like, it's, yeah. Anyway. What's uh, what goes on here? Uh, Mad Max, um, with robots. <laughs> uh, so mechanical violator Hakaider, uh, uh, is actually so uh the nice our story name, opens. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hakaider. Uh, so the story opens with it's the far future, and. Uh, a bunch of thieves break into an old science building, hoping to find some sort of treasure. Where they find instead a man slash android, mandroid, who is chained up. At which point they just open fire because fuck that guy, I guess. 
<laughs> he wakes up. Yeah, he wakes up, and they just open fire because this has been sealed for however many hundreds of years, and that can't be right. And right, they're correct. Like it's like not right. They should do. <laughs> and uh, he murders all of them, gets a motorcycle, and just starts going in a certain direction. So we I also have find a quick out question. there's a what the yeah. guy that he passes on the way to Jesus Town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that the old guy from Nevening Story in the bookstore? Ooh, I don't know. Okay, I, I'm gonna. I I assume not, but I don't. Okay, know. go ahead. Sorry. Um, and he takes off to what we find out is called Jesus Town because Thaddeus. What's the quote? I know writers who use subtext. Yeah, I, I know writers who use subtext. They are all. They cowards. are all cowards. <laughs> uh, and we find out that in this town, um, there is a complete whack job who might. Be an actual angel or just a weirdo who dresses up like one for reasons that are best not too deeply considered uh named gurjev and gurjev is an android companion michael who used his to enforce his will on this town wherein everything has to be perfect and orderly and organized and anyone who rebels or stands out in any way is captured uh forcibly okay so they say that these people have like a chip placed in their brain that makes them cooperative but then they show you it and really, they insert a chip, and then the machine just kind of spins a little bit before pulling out, and it's like, oh, you just lobotomized <laughs> them and said it was a chip. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it just stirs up their brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's but it's a real unsettling thing. So, um, and yeah, it's unsettling, and everyone dresses in white, and then we find out that there is this girl, uh, Kaoru. I I always say this name wrong. Kaoru, Kaoru, I always say it wrong. And uh, she is uh, Kaoru. She's very sweet and has a vision of like a monstrous desiccated, a dream slash vision of her as like a dark fairy, a monstrous desiccated angel attacking her, and then a dark knight on a horse rescuing her. Uh, she wakes up or comes out of her seizure to hang out with her friends <laughs> who are rebels against uh gurjev and to be clear they're rebelling against this or this fascist authoritarian state that forcibly lobotomizes people but they are not necessarily good people themselves their own motivations yeah they also kind of are might be (laughs) selfish and immature or unconcerned with the pain and suffering of others but they are you know your the enemy is the enemy is my friend when the choice is between Mm -hmm. the guy who wants to like have big tittied hoes and the lobotomizer, I think we all know who we'd sit with. Uh, yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll talk. We'll, we'll work things out with the hoe guy over time. Uh, but the the lobotomies need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they're getting a. They're doing kind of good, not great at just destroying the faceless white soldiers, white clad soldiers of Gurjev. And uh, Hakaider shows up, and an altercation ensues, and he just just murders everybody uh people seem to really like uh starting shit with him and just <laughs> excuse my language but uh their mouth is actually their guns are really writing checks that their ass can't cash um so he just wrecks I like everyone you to forgive your language for that but big titty hose is fine yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but yeah, you can say nothing how on TV. No, believe you me, there's nothing wrong with big titty hose. I'm just saying. <laughs> Nothing wrong with little titty hose either. So we need love too. Um, 
Not all of us are gifted, Jeremiah. Some of us are just making it through, struggling day by day, walking around. 30B. Um, <laughs> We've got the, enough back. Uh, we have. But they haven't. They're put right in place with a push-up. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is... I'm in a mood. The point is... Uh, there's this fantastic scene where, like, Hakider has been beaten and knocked out, and they, like, drag him to their secret hideout, and he wakes up, and Kaoru is like, hey, I'm a beautiful girl who's, like, kind of dressed in, like, uh, overly clean prep punk, but is somehow fighting a war in my skirt with little feathers in the hair and my little bell, and I think you are a fated savior. And then all of her other friends are kind of rebellious and gross and they start to argue about whether or not Hakaider the android will help them and he is literally just sitting there as they have this discussion about him without him with a look on his face that clearly says why am I here (laughs) I should leave I hate all of you I hate all of you Uh, and then uh, as the rebel friends become more and more unpleasant with their wants and desires of mainly to like take the money and rule the country and blah 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 he's like no you are all disgusting and i hate all of you um yeah you guys suck mm-hmm. and then they all die yeah and <laughs> then at that point uh Hakider has already uh gurjev has already realized that Hakider is there and Hakider is the was the original of michael He's like, oh, I made him to destroy anything to create my perfect utopia, but then he was stolen, so I made you, Michael, and you are my angel of justice, my beautiful robot, who looks like Frieza, and you, or does Frieza look like him? And so they try to destroy Hakaider, it goes wrong, but all of the rebels are murdered, and Hakaider narrowly escapes with uh, Kaoru, who takes him to her secret spot, where she has once again a vision of maybe something good or better happening, says that she wishes she could have been a normal bride and dies in his arms. He takes her little bell and then he goes and just murderizes his way <laughs> into Gurdjieff's white tower. And it, it's great because he like blows up a computer and then they're like, oh my god, 98% of our sh- soldiers are offline because they all use this brain trip. And it's like, wow, that was a... That was a mistake. Maybe you shouldn't have done, <laughs> that. done that. That seems like a design flaw. <laughs> You don't even need yeah. a Luke Skywalker for that one. That just feels like anyone can walk in. And, like, Hakaider's costume, like, when he, like, lowers his helmet and stuff, it's, like, this downward-pointing, grimacing mouth with teeth. Like, he's not a very pleasant-looking figure. Hero. <laughs> Hero. Anti-hero. So he faces <laughs> off with Michael. And they have this amazing battle in this, like, uh, pure white room that's a few small pieces of white furniture and, like, some white flowers. And every time they punch a hole in the wall trying to murder each other, the inside of the walls are, like, full of red mist. Yes. So the set gets progressively more and more like a murder scene without blood. Uh, And then, ultimately, you know, there's a few, like, lower hand, upper hand, and finally... uh, Hakaider says that someone without will who can't choose, you know, someone without agency isn't worth living, and he manages to get the upper hand and murder Michael uh, and rips his head off, which is gruesome because there's, like, a long spiny tentacle thing that just yanks. It's wet. It's bleh. (laughs) And they have a discussion with Gurdjieff, and Gurdjieff is, like, trying to, like, convince him, like, it's your destiny to listen to me and do what I say, and Hakaider is like, no, I make my own destiny. 
I choose my own way. Like <laughs> between control and self will, I choose self will. And then they hook up uh, Michael's head to a giant murder machine. <laughs> and uh, then yeah, we have a we have a human versus stop motion fight, a la the end of Robocop. Yeah, it's, it's very great. end of Robocop ish, and uh, it's also like again very alien with like this beautiful machine head like on the end of this weird disgusting tentacle thing uh and hokider kills michael again is going to leave <laughs> gurchev to exist in his own destroyed town but then gurchev screws with him so he murders him and then hokider just walks away because yep. fuck all of them roll credits, roll credits. <laughs> there's nothing more he to is... do <laughs> Uh, Thaddeus yeah. compared it to Logan, which I think is very apt, because it's very much... Logan is actually a cowboy movie, and that's what this is. Like, the man with no name, or right. the, um, you know, violator, rides into town, destroys the existing order, uh, weeps for the girl without tears, and then leaves. Yeah. Uh, also Mad Max, which it's is a also a cowboy movie. Uh... It's also for some reason uh, Hakider is credited. His character name in the credits is Rio, which he is never called. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so you would know. Uh, but yeah, like his human form is his human form is referred to as as Rio, and I don't know why. <laughs> so, Emma Mia, is this was um, Zayram his first movie? I don't believe. It okay. was. I think it was one of his earliest uh, movies, but I don't because believe Because there is, his you can tell much more confidence in Hakaida. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. like, definitely. A, a much more of a distinctive style that he's going for. Like, he's. Well, it's also. No, oh, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. Well, Hakaida is also done through Toei Studio, okay. which is, like, that. That's also one of the reasons why they can do so much motorcycle stuff, because, like,. You know, dudes in full sci-fi outfits riding motorcycles is something that Toei has been doing since the 70s. So, Oh, yeah, there's there's some great stunt work of people on motorcycles, of oh, people so being thrown stunt. off railings, of people being flipped over motorcycles, of people being blown up, of people being shot out of windows. Like, it's... And it's... Hum- for the most part, it's human stunt work. You can tell that there is a guy standing on a window ledge over a bunch of cardboard boxes and is like, God, I hope I fall backwards before I die. <laughs> so, uh, hmm. I don't know. I, I love a good a good commitment to a stunt man. Uh, okay, sorry. I was I was just checking. I, I wasn't sure the order of these, but I think Zayram is his first, is his second theatrical okay. movie after a movie called Mirai Ninja, which came out in 88. And he also did a lot of TV work. Um well, yeah, no, that's just... So that was... I love both of them, but I think I like Hokkaido more. It's just, I think, because it's more visually distinctive. Mm. And also, like... Yeah, it's very... Po- like, it's... it's the... Yeah, it's polished in a way that Zayram's Yeah, and not. the choices he makes, like, having the walls bleed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's so just good. visually striking. Yeah, I like that. It's beautiful. Yeah, if you see, if you see nothing else from this movie, uh, you should watch the last fight scene, the or the the whole fight scene, like including the giant robot part. But like, it's it's so like that. I'm not. I've never been fully sure how much I love the 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 like chimes every time they punch each other. I don't know if I love the sound they picked right. for it, but it's so effective. Like it's so evocative and so like bold of a choice that I kind of don't care that I'm still a little like. 
Yeah. Okay, on so it. you just put your finger on a word I've been it trying just... to think of, evocative. And that's what this movie... Yeah. That's what Hokkaido mm. does a really good job with the dreamlike imagery. It's... It, yeah. It's, I'm sorry. It's just very, like, legend. Legends of my yes. favorite movies. It reminds me of, like, legend, a little bit of labyrinth. It has this very sort of strange dreamlike quality to it. And it, it's the kind of movie that is very much reminds me of being, like, awake and sick at my grandparents' house after they'd gone to bed way too early watching things on, like, volume two on the <laughs> channels I don't have at home downstairs and being right. like, I don't understand what I'm watching and I don't feel good and I can't figure out if it's, like, the fever or the show that's the problem, but I'm just going <laughs> to watch this until I pass out. <laughs> in my grandpa's chair like that is the vibe of this yeah, movie fe fever dream very literally <laughs> is the feeling you get watching Hakaida. and if you thought the other one didn't explain anything yeah oh no <laughs> like, this one like attempts to explain things but like i almost be like you don't have to show me you're putting chips in the head i get it you get yeah <laughs> it's also very funny because when they put the chip in the head they have this like little drill that goes in this beautiful straight line like and you're like oh okay and then it has like these hinges that come out to like make it go deeper and i'm like what you... now you're just scrambling their brain that's just <laughs> that's just brain damage like you're like oh it's a chip it's like yeah. sir it's a lobotomy <laughs> you didn't have to have this expensive process you could have just used an ice pick and two strong guys I mean, it could just be. But yeah, I. Uh, they didn't. They didn't want to like give. I don't know. Studios are weird about what they want to uh, display. True. I'd like to. I think it's, it's just that they're, they're, they couldn't find a stuntman who was willing to be ice picked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Balance. also very true. I would say that uh, for almost any movie. <laughs> right, but yeah, this is. Um, I mean, one of the things about this is, is though it's not a property that any of us are really familiar with, like, it is him getting to do something, like, strikingly weird with, uh, like, a, a pre-existing right. property. Because he'd done some, like, Ultraman and Kamen Rider stuff before this, but a lot of those are just, like, well, here's a one-off, like, weird, interesting thing from a series that does a lot of that. But, like, this is, I don't know, it's it's very distinct. And I also, I really like the, the writer, um... Who who wrote this? Uh, Toshiki Inoue. He has done some some like modern common writer series and stuff that are among my favorite ones. Um, uh, I guess I would, well modern is pushing it because that was like back in the early two right. thousands. So I don't know where time is. Anymore. Fumio Mata, but, uh, uh, the guy who does the camera work, by the way. Mm. Mm. And does it very well. Common writer is the kind of thing where it's like. It's like a modern Scooby-Doo. Like, anything after, like, 2000 feels like modern because it's just such a classic staple that goes so far back. Just right. saying. Yeah, I buy that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, the <laughs> this movie's willingness to just be like, no, we're going to put a weird dream logic morality play and the main character is going to be a... a murderous cyborg who uh, has a very clear moral compass and will kill anything in his path. <laughs> well, I, I, oh, I found myself oddly sort of like, not really mad that they killed Kau. Yeah, yeah that's surprising. Right, because she's not like, they don't really do a lot. She's basically the love interest slash I don't know. Like, she's not a very Fridged. strong kid. Right. He's yeah. the fridge motivation. Yeah. 
Which is odd because he's a robot and she doesn't really need it. But bye. Uh, <laughs> well, he was. It's also odd because he was clearly going to do what he did anyway, <laughs> for for essentially the same reasons. Because he entered this having no memory and having a clear moral compass of like I reject all external domination and I only respect people who have their own will and choose to like live authentically <laughs> and also I'll kill you <laughs> and he's the exact same way at the end so yeah that's like, I think that's the one thing that sticks in my call I'm like there was no need like I know why but you didn't need- <laughs> yeah like sometimes it's a story beat just for the story beat's sake I I really feel that I understand like the genre, the time period, all of that. Uh, Karu is a very nice girl. Um, she wanted a very simple life, like it's the death of youth and hope and all that. But if you are going to try and fight like a rebel battle in like a pleated miniskirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you've been courting death. Like you might be suicidal already. Yeah, the the entire crew, like Kaoru and all her friends, are like people that you would see at an indie record store. Like, yeah, it's a very. I, mean, odd I will say the outfits uh, that both the women and the men wore. Like this does not seem like you are really thinking this through in terms of like the best combat gear. <laughs> And it, it's not even in the way that a lot of movies are like, ugh, they've got cool, grungy-looking outfits. And, like, you think about it from it, you're like, wait, where the, where did they get these cool, grungy-looking outfits? These look like, ugh, <laughs> they went to the mall, and now they're going to be rebels with right, real like, guns. It does feel like they're going to the rave, which just got out of one. Or yeah, it's, it's, Actually, it's, it's, it feels like they're people who want you to think that they go to the X-rated rave. <laughs> but don't. <laughs> Because it's the skirts uh, aren't quite short enough, the tops aren't quite low cut enough. It's not quite there to be like, oh, like this is questionable. It's like, oh, you want to, you want to be edgy. Could this be the thing that Hokkaido picked up on? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. You're all just about to try hard. <laughs> I mean, kind of. That is sort of his, like, the character's read on it is like, you guys suck. You're, you're, you're doing, you're, yeah, you're fighting the right people for terrible reasons and you're going to ruin right, everything. Right, like, you guys are and just And that's as not bad. resolved because it's, yeah, but, and then that's not resolved at all because then the peop, the, the Jesus Town, like, stormtroopers show up and kill everyone. Which, by the way, every, we haven't mentioned Every this. single time they say Jesus Town, every single time, I, I yeah. just, especially in the, I, like, I, Jesus Town, like, Mm. Every time I hit, every single say, we got to give a shout out to Jesus Town, one of the best. What the yeah. hell are you talking about? Names so good. <laughs> no notes. This look, whatever whatever weaknesses this script may have, uh, its naming is not <laughs> wrong. Like it's perfect, actually. So I, I always bring up, or I've learned, I need to bring up like some sort of like Wikipedia or a fandom wiki article or something like that to make sure I get the names and stuff right. Uh, and mm-hmm, according mm-hmm. to the article, um, Gurdjieff is a seraphim instead of just... Yeah, I don't... I, look, it's Wikipedia. A guy. I, I don't trust it. But also, yeah. apparently, this town used to be Jerusalem, and it migrated to Jesus Town, and I'm like, oh, Egypt, oh you don't know <laughs> yeah, don't. the way that... This is, this is why hmm. I... See, this is what I wonder. Like, I I would love to know where the Wikipedia article is cribbing this from because all the stuff you're saying is like unsourced. Yeah, it's unsourced it garbage like in the movie. nonsense. And so I'm like, who? 
Who told you this? And like I've seen the 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 theatrical and the director's cut of this movie because of course I have. We watched the director's cut. That's by never the way. said. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. That that's uh, important note. Uh, I also own this on. So Blu-ray. here's my question: What's the difference between the director's cut and the theatrical? I do not remember. <laughs> I've watched so the not director's that much. cut so many times. Yeah, not 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 anything of note as far right. as I recall. I think it's just a little More bit more. More proof longer. that just because it's the director's cut doesn't mean it's worse. <laughs> Except uh, for the classic yeah, example, like the... which is Blade Runner. Only watch the director's cut of Blade Runner. Which is a seven director's well, cut. final cut now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can just skip to the final <laughs> cut. It's fine. Supposedly, uh, quote-unquote, until he does it again. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to wish death on him, but, you know, stop. Just stop. The movie's here. It's fine. Uh, uh, anyway. But, yeah, no, Huck I almost said Huck Rider. <laughs> also, I got some major Street Hawk vibes, but that's just because I grew up with Street Hawk. That's because any movie that just has a guy in a motorcycle is. for, like, long periods of time. I don't. No, I mean, yeah, I think that's obvious. I think that's more of a, your personal association <laughs> thing, because uh, like dudes, uh, dudes in in silly costumes riding motorcycles has been a staple of Japanese media since the seventies. <laughs> so. Fair. Uh, 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 I do. I, oh, I so, do. Sorry, I do love that when they find Hakider in the little tomb, like he's under all these so huge survived. chains, and then after he. <laughs> Yeah, after he kills all the people, he gets up and then finds his motorcycle, which is also under huge chains. I was really hoping that means the motorcycle is sentient, but it's not. No, sadly. I, I do have to say one important thing. Uh, I have used mm-hmm. the phrase wet puppets with joy yeah. and glee. Uh, that is mm-hmm. stolen wholesale from a YouTuber that goes by Thought Slime. Okay. Um, oh, I know yeah, Thought Slime. Yeah. I, I just one, I just I need to yeah. to credit them yeah, they... with that particular phrase because once it was uttered, my mind consumed it, and <laughs> I have been unable to free yeah. myself ever since. <laughs> but yeah, no the uh, the creature uh... work on both movies mm-hmm. it's more restrained in yeah. Hakaida because it's based mm. on physics and material. I'm assuming, but also just because yeah, yeah. like the concept. But even then, like the fi- like the things like the 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 angelic yeah. redesign that that Michael is, uh, while still kind of evoking the original Kikaider, and also like the huge stop motion form, like that the director Amamiya is also the creature yeah. designer. Like he's doing all this stuff. It's so good. It's really good, and I would like. To, and I, apparently, there's a sequel to Zyram. Yeah, I have not seen it. I've always been a little afraid to. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Uh, he's worked on a lot of video games and stuff too. Um, really? Like he's okay. like he's just he's a, a guy who loves doing creature work. Yeah, I definitely want to check out a sequel to Zyram. I want to see them if there are, if there are more Hakaida movies. I want to check those out probably. Nah, unfortunately no. Although if you if you like his creature work, he did do some other. Uh, he did do character designs for a couple of the the very good. Um, 80s common writer series black and black rx are are highly regarded even if you're not sort of into the genre because they they take like character development and stuff like much more seriously than the the generation previously <laughs> but also there's a couple of one-off movies that Loses. he did <laughs> yeah. there's also a lot of uh one, there's a couple one-off movies that he did that you can watch for free on toei's uh youtube site uh common writer zeta o uh, which is just the letter z and, and o 
Uh, he also did the creature designs and directed that, and it's uh, weird and fun. Uh, so if you're if you're looking for more Amemiya, you can you can find uh, quite a nice. lot. Nice, <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's all the time we have. But yeah, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed me sharing this thing, like this this director's work that has lived in my brain for decades. No, now. it's one hundred percent explains you. <laughs> I don't think it does. It lends context, but in and of itself, it it, it will never be enough. Right? No, 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 no. Yeah, I love like, you I don't both. mean like yeah, it, as an explanation, but it's like in context of knowing that, it's like yeah, this fits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, lo- I love you both too. No, no, Thank no. You. I mean that Good. as a compliment. I was like, yeah, this is one hundred percent exactly the type of thing I would expect him to recommend. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, that's all the time we have. Uh, Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.